This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, 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 business storytellers, Christoph Trapp here. We're doing another feed drop episode, and this one comes to you from the K-Stream podcast. Jeff Koslowski, uh, he runs that show. Great tips, great content, great topics and guests. So this one is especially interesting to me because branded audio is such an interesting topic, such an emerging topic. So he's diving into that topic on this feed drop episode from the K-Stream podcast. Check them out. Uh, The link is in the show notes and enjoy the episode. Until next time. Welcome to another episode of the K-Stream podcast. Again, I'm Jeff Kozlowski. Thank you so much for tuning in. Typically on the K-Stream podcast, we we look at live streaming, video production, but lately we've jumped a little bit into uh, the podcasting world, which is why I invited Liz Horowitz, who who is here. She is the founder of Sonic Strategy Consulting. But uh, Liz, I will let you, as I'm sure you can give yourself a much better introduction than, than I could. Okay, Jeff. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, and I look forward to chatting with you. So Sonic Strategy Consulting is a business that I started right at the beginning of the pandemic. So I'm a pandemic baby as well. Um, after I left ad sales, I spent my entire career in mostly audio ad sales. And then a client landed in my lap who wanted to do some consulting work. And I thought, you know, this might be a good opportunity for me to try something a little different. And so I have really carved out a space for myself, focusing on companies that serve the podcast slash audio industry, working with startups, working with companies that just want to take their business to the next level. And we do that through business coaching and Um, just new solutions and strategies. Maybe it's finding new markets. Maybe it's go-to-market strategy. But my superpower is in business development. So I apply everything that I've learned from all the years in ad sales to help other companies kind of um, become more profitable and reach their business goals. And what sort of, you know, pre, I know you mentioned you were in ad sales, but what made you want to jump fully into uh, the podcast space? So that's a good question, because I actually left audio um, and I did one of these uh, audio in my rearview mirror, never, never doing that again, onto something new. And this was about 2007. So I jumped over to the digital world, but I had been in audio ad sales 10 years with ABC Radio Networks and local radio ad sales before that. Um, And I was just really enthralled with digital and then mobile. So I did a few years um, at AOL and then at Hip Cricket Mobile. And it was really a great learning experience. It was really exciting. And then something happened that changed all that. And that is serial. Mm. So about 
I think about 2014 when I started listening to Serial and what I loved audio on demand because I was one of those people who um, loved listening to like um, NPR, for example, This American Life. But living in Dallas, Texas at the time, you know, you, you have to sit in your car in the driveway to hear the whole episode or, you know, you're <laughs> ready to run into the grocery store and that's not convenient. So I was actually, when iTunes, um, you know, made those episodes available, I was actually buying This American Life episodes for 99 cents each. So I just loved the idea once um, podcasts kind of came into uh I guess the 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 ecosystem, um, and we can thank Serial for having done that for us. I realized that audio on demand was something that um, was definitely in my wheelhouse, and then I became a podcast creator. I had volunteered for a global women's networking group. At the time, it was for women in the mobile industry. It was called Women in Wireless. Today, it's actually part of She Runs It, which is an organization based in New York um, that connects women in advertising. So at the time, then this was maybe 2016, I said, we should have a podcast. And everyone said, that's such a fabulous idea, Liz. Why don't you go do that? That's what and, you get, right? <laughs> and, and so I did. But you have to remember, that was before all this fabulous self-serve tools that we have now. Um, I was just figuring it out as I went along. And um, I produced 30 episodes of the Mad Women podcast, MAD for mobile and digital women, but also a play on Mad Men, which <laughs> I had just finished streaming at the time so <laughs> with it. Um, in any case, um, I became a podcast creator and fell even more in love with with um, the whole audio on demand industry. And then what I noticed was that I loved the podcast ads. And as someone who has spent their entire career and still at that point was in ad sales, I thought that that was a mind blowing experience. There's no other way to put it. So I found myself going, well, yes, Casper, that sounds fantastic. A high quality, inexpensive mattress in a box that gets mailed directly to my apartment. <laughs> and then I bought a sofa from an ad I heard about article. And then I bought Bomba socks. And you know, some of the ads made me laugh. Some of them made me think. But mostly what I realized is that I was paying attention. And so that's when I really leaned in and said, doing more in the podcast space means that I'm going to transition my ad sales career to specifically focus on podcasting. Mm -hmm. Said a few things there that, gosh, you know, it makes me want to sidebar like serial. I mean, that I think. That I remember listening to that in my car on the way to work uh, when I lived in Baltimore, actually, or in the Baltimore area, which, you know, the focus of the show was Woodlawn High School, which was in the area. But okay. so that I think, too, for me, you know, that's when I kind of realized, oh, I could I could get used to listening to this kind of thing. And NPR, I mean, my God, they're just the pioneers of it seems like 
great podcasting like and radio lab uh was a a favorite of mine um for for quite some time and another sidebar just quickly you mentioned like you were producing a podcast before you know tools like anchor or or just like that it was so easy to post your podcast somewhere and have it go everywhere what i'm i'm curious what it was like how you were doing that well so i was recording on skype or just on my phone if i was in person and um yeah the quality wasn't awesome <laughs> but, <laughs> but it got us there um and then you know i i licensed some music and I found people who would help me do editing because that was something mm -hmm. that I didn't have the time to learn. And um, so I found volunteers. I ended up with a volunteer team of about um, five individuals who said, yeah, I've, I've been figuring this out and I'd love to help. So um, what I found the biggest challenge was after having produced a podcast, an episode of a podcast was marketing it and finding an audience. And I realized then and there that I just did not have the um, knowledge to make that happen. So we, we never had really more listenership than we could garner through our own emails and, um, and the website for the the networking group that I was volunteering for. And that got us maybe 300 listeners. But the really the point was not to have the hugest audience, but to have the right audience mm -hmm. and to give our women a voice and have them inspire other women. So as difficult as it was, it was all worth it. Yeah. And it's so important to keep that in mind, like having make you know, you want to reach the right people. Like it's, it is hard to, you know, promote a podcast or, or get listeners. But, you know, if you can, if you find your niche, find your focus, you know, make sure you are getting the right people to to buy into it and listen to it. You know, that's that's kind of what I, I think, especially if you're like a new podcaster thinking of starting one, like that's how you're going to grow, especially early on. Right. Absolutely. And that's why I ask everyone who says they want to start a podcast, I ask them the same thing. Why? What is your purpose? Not just what do you want to say, but what do you hope to achieve? Yeah. Is this going to be something that you hope will, you know, sustain a five figure, six figure income for you? Well, if that's the case, then you better come out guns blazing. Is this something that you want to do as a hobby? Okay, that's a completely different set of circumstances, mm -hmm. but really know what it is. Because, And even a lot of brands will say, you know, we just want to tell our story. When in reality, what they want is, you know, two million listeners an episode. And if it falls short of that, they don't feel that, you know, they've accomplished their goal. So I really like to dig into let's have a purpose, not only for your story arc, but also for your marketing. And that'll bring us right into um, how I kind of stumbled upon your work. You know, I, I uh, found an article likely through a mutual connection we have on on LinkedIn uh, titled Winning Without Ads, 10 Reasons Brands Are Embracing Branded Audio. And my first thought was, I'm not sure I know what branded audio is. Is that, you know, is that when like a 
a podcaster does like a read for an ad uh, or something. And then I quickly realized, oh, no, that that's not it. This is a much bigger thing. Um, so what, you know, just kind of before we, we jump further into it, what exactly is branded audio? So the definition that I've always used, Jeff, is content created by and owned by a brand, a brand marketer. Yes. And so this these are shows or, or a podcast created by, you know, a, a specific brand, as you said, and and they're not necessarily they're not promoting a product. They're not. But they're do, I guess they are. But in an interesting way, they're they're doing it through great storytelling, right? Exactly. Well, and every brand has an authentic voice and a mm-hmm. story. It may be a story about their founding. It may be a story about how their customers interact with them. It may be a story about growth. But those stories can be really compelling ways to to bring your audiences closer to you, bring your customers really even more aligned with you. Um, And what's, you know, better than having 30 minutes to tell your story versus 30 seconds? As advertisers, as brands, we're used to having 15 or 30 seconds, maybe 60 seconds to tell the entire story. 15 minutes or 30 minutes would be cost prohibitive in any medium, but not in podcasting. That's what this medium is all about. So I would say take it a step further. It's not just about compelling storytelling, but it's about winning the hearts and minds of your customers or your potential customers. So it's not just here's who we are and what we do. It's really more about hmm, what I would say is the, the connection between the brand and the consumer that's at the heart of why they come together. So it's really more of a, a dramatic connection than just a, here's why we're good for you. Here's why we solve your problem. Here's you know why you'll want to use us. And that can fit into a 30 second radio ad, but a 30 minute podcast episode of that sounds like a 30 minute ad. Nobody's going to listen. <laughs> no, thank you to that. So it's really more about heartful storytelling. You know, we talked about attention earlier. What, well, I don't know if there's a better medium out there right now where you have somebody's attention more than a, a podcast or like the, an audio experience. Yes. Yes. Because it's an intimate experience. So, you know, you may be listening in your car like me, you've got your earbuds in and you're, you know, running all over the city. I no longer live in Texas. I live in Manhattan, in New York. And so, you know, even if it's 18 degrees, if you need to go to the grocery store, you got a quarter mile walk in front of you. So I have to have um, my earbuds in. I may be listening to an audiobook, but more often than not, I'm listening to some compelling and engaging podcasts. So it's just a very intimate space. And we do live in an attention economy. And so being able to get engagement, to get that intimacy, and to get that attention from your potential consumer is golden. And this medium has proven to be so effective in doing that, which is why you're seeing more and more brands coming into 
the world of digital audio, not just as advertisers, but also as creators of their own podcast identity. Yeah. And in, in your article, you listed a few a few of those brands that are doing it well. And I was looking at some of the links, you know, out to out to their shows. And it's, you know, it doesn't even look like when you when you click through to kind of either to the podcast page or or like an episode or something like it, it doesn't even look like an ad to me. You know, it it looks like just another you know, podcast that's out there with the others and, and uh, it may have in small print, you know, brought to you by Slack or something like that. But, you know, it's, it's just feels more authentic. Absolutely, Jeff. That is the, the key. Um, mm-hmm. It's not an ad. It doesn't look or sound like an ad. It looks or sounds like, you know, a good story. And it's an authentic story. So that's what makes it so attractive. And then the other things are that there's a really low bar to entry. It's so easy to um, create a podcast for a, it's not easy to create a podcast. It's easy to create a podcast for a relatively small budget, considering what other forms of original content, Mm -hmm. uh, what the costs are behind that. The only thing that I would say is, It's not easy to come up with a compelling story. The story that the brand thinks they want to tell may not at all be the story that is going to connect with an audience. And that's why you need someone to kind of guide you through that experience and really get to the compelling story and put the pieces together so that at the end of the day, it doesn't just sound like an interview. Mm -hmm. It sounds like... Um, a very rich and and very impactful um, connection that you're having with that content. And it's you know it's not really it's not about monetizing. It's it is has to be about connecting right with your connecting on a different level, a more intimate level with your audience, your customers. Connecting on a deeper, more intimate level. And I guess that the other thing that I would say is that it's not necessarily broad. It may be about reaching as many listeners as you can possibly reach if that is your objective for a specific reason. But in reality, the riches are in the niches. And what that means is If you tell a story to a particularly difficult to reach audience, I mean, we're all cord cutters, we're all ad skippers, but if you can reach that audience without sounding like advertising, that's golden. So I'll give you an example. Um, State Farm has a podcast called Colorful Lives, and this features three women of color who guide their listeners through imagining and achieving their financial goals. So, you know, they're using an authentic voice to speak to a particular niche audience. And that's why we say the riches are in the niches. And what other, we hit on a couple, what other brands, like if somebody's listening to this thinking, you know, okay, this is the space I need to jump in, who can they go to as maybe an example? And I know you link out to some in your article. I'll be sure to post that in the show notes and, and link to it on my, my blog post, but um, any, you know, top, top few that, that folks should maybe go check out if they, if they want some inspiration. 
Yeah. So one of my favorites is inside Trader Joe's. People who love Trader Joe's really love Trader Joe's. And they, they love, do. yeah, they love <laughs> being kind of the inside scoop and those stories behind, you know, how they came up with their, some of their iconic um, food items. And who knew it would go on for so many seasons, but it has because they have really thoughtful strategy behind their episodes. So there's one that I would say. And also one of the things that I, I found really fascinating about this, um, about Inside Trader Joe's, is if you go on to Apple Podcasts and you look at the reviews, you'll see that people absolutely love this podcast. Now they know that it's a marketing podcast and they don't care. In fact, one of the comments was something like, I don't even care that they're marketing to me. I love this podcast. So, I mean, how much more of a positive affirmation can you get than that? I will, I'll mention a couple of others. Um, I think that Rise and Grind with Damon John for ZipRecruiter is a really terrific one. We've already mentioned State Farm, but another one is Ford Motors um, did a podcast called Bring Back Bronco. I mean, this really could be adapted to a TV series and well, absolutely fell in love with it. So those are a few that I would recommend that you listen to. Anyone who's thinking about doing a branded podcast, I would say the first thing you should do is listen to a few branded podcasts and get an idea of um, kind of what you like and don't like as a consumer of the podcast. Look at it with that critical eye. And see what you think about that before you even go for, should we have a podcast and what should it be about? But then the second step is to really connect with a professional strategist in this industry. That's part of what I do is help connect people to the right people. Uh, and I would say using an audio strategist is really important in order to get your your story arc right before you even start recording one episode. Mm -hmm. And one thing that keeps coming up is, is, you know, in one form or another is repurposing. And, and I, you know, I noticed some of the, the podcasts uh, that, that I were linked in the article, they may have only done one season or have got like only got to one season, but you know, episodes very well done. And, you know, evergreen. Right. And, and, you know, they could have, I'm not sure if they did, but from podcasts, people can, like you said, who knows, they could turn it into a TV series or, you know, a social content series. So the repurposing element of, of the podcast is, is, um, you know, there's a lot of possibility there too. That's one of my favorite things about it. So yes, think of it as we're creating, um, a podcast, but at the same time, think of it as we are creating a dynamic piece of content that has a lot of lives. So you can use it to increase your social media footprint by using audiograms, which have become so popular now. And I think that's a fabulous way for people who don't know audiograms. 
take a snippet of the audio from the podcast and they pair it with either um, video or maybe just some dynamic or static images. Mm -hmm. And then there's usually kind of a piece of image that looks like an uh, airwaves kind of bubbling up and down. Anyway, it's very eye-catching and it's a great way to share a snippet of audio um, whether you have branded content or any podcast, I really encourage you to look at, at creating audiograms um, to use on social media. It's a great way to expand your footprint, not only in your social media, like we just um, talked about, but also for your email list, on your website, anywhere that you're connecting with your audiences in a public way, that's a great way to repurpose the audio. The other way to do it is to take that audio and turn it into an opportunity um, for SEO. So mm. there's companies um, like Podreacher, for example. So um, you've had their CEO, Jacqueline Schiff, on your podcast before. They take um, audio and they repurpose it into blog content. So it's not just a transcript, although transcripts posted on your website especially if you have a website specifically for your podcast, which is something else that I would recommend, a dedicated website. Um, but uh, in addition to those transcripts, take that content and create blog posts and use that then to push out on your newsletters, in your social media, on your website, because that creates just more and more SEO for, your, for everything that you do across the board. And so brands that, you know, then take the leap and, and create a podcast, get into this branded, into branded audio, the, those that then, you know, then they want to look at impact, you know, how, how do they go about that? And, and, you know, what, what should they be looking at after the fact? Are there, and are there tools out there that, that help them with that? Absolutely. And this is one of the things that I really love about our industry is how much it's growing on the technology side. So one of the companies that I recommend looking into is Signal Hill Insights. Signal Hill does lift reports and more. And what they're so brilliant at doing is adapting what you would think of as a traditional lift report specifically for the audio space. So they are very much audio natives and they really know how to um, not only conduct lift reports, but surveys and everything that you need to gather in terms of data to figure out what kind of impact you're having. Another company that I'm um, really impressed with is Chartable. They um, have a product called Chartable for Brands. And this specifically measures the brand impact of audio content. So if you are creating branded audio and you want to know how are people finding it, who's listening to it, Chartable can, can hook you up. So I love what they're doing there because it supports our industry in bringing more and more brands to consider using branded content in the audio world. Um, there's also um, research uh, that um, is available, and I've linked this in uh, my blog post, mm -hmm. 
Um, there's some new research by Spotify that talks about how digital audio is more engaging than radio, than TV, than social media. And then in addition to that, there was a study specifically of branded podcasts that was based on a neuroscience technique that BBC Global News did. And they found that um, branded podcasts outperformed TV ads by 22% on measurements of engagement, emotional intensity, and memory encoding. So there's lots of great research tools out there that can kind of build your case. You know, should we go forward with this tactic? Um, you know, it's something, you know, new and different and it's the shiny new toy, but we've never done it before. And we really don't know how to put our foot forward. Not only are there a lot of companies like um, the Chartables and the Signal Hill Insights of the World that can help you determine your best path, but also your impact. And then um, research that can help you justify asking for the spend and, you know, experimenting in this new medium. The Spotify article you mentioned is, is fascinating. I'll have to link to that as well in the show notes, like you said, the, the neuro insight that they put in there is just, is pretty fascinating. And just to, you know, well, I guess before we start to wrap up anything else that I, I forgot to ask or didn't ask that you would want to hit on as far as uh, branded audio goes? Well, so I would say that in addition to thinking about it as a broad reaching medium, you can also think about it as a narrow casting medium. In other words, using it to talk internally to your staff. Like for example, someone that has um, a lot of, oh, I don't know, like real estate agents or people out in the field. It might be a way to keep them connected to, you know, your, your um, company's um, ideals and messages and, and campaigns. Um, it may be just a way to keep um, like a specific message, like a diversity message really resonating with, within your company. So it, it can be a, um, a consumer reaching medium, but it can also be something that's used internally. And there's companies like Fieldcast that are doing this really effectively. And the other thing I would say is you, I really want to stress the thoughtful strategy, high production value, and really aggressive promotion. It's not just the cost of creating the content. You have to be willing to devote resources to promoting the content. Mm -hmm. So um, podcasters, whether you're brands or whether you, you know, are a indie podcaster or whether you're a big publisher can all relate to this. You do want to use really aggressive promotional and marketing tactics in order to take this terrific piece of content that you've created and make sure it reaches the right audiences. Yeah, and that's a great point. I mean, I know personally, I don't know of a podcast that I've ever found just by like searching Apple Podcasts. Like that's I don't I don't think that's how, you know, people are finding podcasts they're finding them like through other you know through newsletters through social through word of mouth too um but yeah the the promotion piece is key i i 
have to ask quickly before we go, since we are talking podcasts, Liz, um, what are you listening to right now? Or do you have any good podcast recommendations uh, for us quickly? Yes. So I'm a news junkie. Sorry for the siren. (laughs) (laughs) Right on time. News junkie siren. Exactly. So I have to get my news fix in the morning and I cannot start a morning without start here. So that is an ABC news podcast with Brad Milkey. And I will say that I've listened to all the news podcasts and nobody does it like Brad. So he picks usually three or four stories. He gets great interviews. So it's really quick moving. It's about 20 minutes long. So it hits all the high points, but it's really his presentation. He has a bit of a sense of humor. He's so tongue in cheek that kind of, Um, speaks to me and it's the energy that I need in the morning. And then I follow that up with another news podcast, The Daily. They usually do a deep dive on just one issue. And I I would say 75% of the time, it's an issue that I find uh, really interesting. About 25% of the time, I might have to skip it, but then I go directly to pivot because Mm -hmm. I must hear every word that Scott Galloway and Kara Fisher say, Swisher say for the rest of my life, they must be talking (laughs) to me. (laughs) So Pivot is um, one of my first recommendations when people ask. Okay. And, and you, you, uh, are you the kind of person, I know you mentioned you listen, like when you're out walking in the city uh, with the earbud, uh, AirPods in, uh, but do, um, are you the kind of person that can listen to podcasts like as you're working? I know some people kind of have them on on all day long. I just can't. I have to be like, you know, either in my car or like you said, on a walk. I find it like interesting that some people just have them going while they're working. I, I, I don't think I'd retain anything. Yeah, no, I don't understand that either. <laughs> <laughs> I have them on when I'm um, doing housework, when I'm cooking, when yeah. I'm commuting, when I'm doing almost anything. I can't have them on when I'm working and I also can't have them on when I'm grocery shopping. <laughs> oh, interesting. I, I, yeah. I, I wonder, I don't know anybody that listens while they grocery shop, but I've tried and I can't, yeah. I like picking things up and thinking about, do I want this one or that one? And then I've missed <laughs> something, you know, that they just said, and then I scroll back in the podcast, but yeah. So yep. other than that, other than working in grocery shopping, I pretty much pair podcasting with just about anything and everything I do. Well, thank you so much, Liz, for joining. Uh, Last thing before we go, is there a good place, uh, folks listening, if they want to learn more or contact you or learn more about your work, where where should they go? Sure. Um, So the best place to go is my website, which is sonicstrategyconsulting.com. But if by any chance you don't remember that, just hit me up at Liz Horowitz on Twitter or on LinkedIn. That's where I am most most often. All right. Awesome. Thank you again, Liz. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on. I learned so much and I hope others listening did too. Thanks, Jeff. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.